Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Phil Johnson. Phil is an executive coach, podcast host, and author who focuses on fueling people's personal and professional success through stronger emotional intelligence. So, hi, Phil. How are you today? I'm great, Kelly. It's good to see you again. Absolutely. It's it's good to be back with you. Now, you and I spoke previously, and I shared an extremely high-level description of what it is that you do in your area of focus. But could you share a little bit more context about your professional background for folks who haven't met you before? Uh, sure. I... Um... So I've been an executive coach uh, for the last 22 plus years, working with executives and organizations um, all over the world. Um, and prior to that, I uh, was an executive for about 20 years in the in the semiconductor industry, traveling about 60,000 miles a year oh my North gosh. America and the Pacific Rim. How's that? That's that's excellent. So where we're actually going to focus the conversation today is talking about emotional intelligence or or EI, sometimes people shorten it. Before we get into the details of how it affects us, what we need to be aware of, I would love to have you just sort of level set and open with a basic intro to what exactly do we mean when we talk about emotional intelligence? It's a great question. Um it's the ability to um, understand, feel our emotions and uh, often not have them get in the way of uh, moving forward move, and getting in the way of changing innovation. So um, we, uh, we have both biological and sociological resistance to change. So and that triggers often a when we move outside of our comfort zone, it often triggers a uh, a fear-based response, mm-hmm. uh, and we need to be able to uh, move through the anxiety that change in innovation uh, triggers in us towards what it is we're trying to achieve. Now you talk about the and. Forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. You said physiological and emotional response to change, right? Were those the sort of the two different responses? Uh, bi- biological. And biological, thank you. Yeah. We've all been dealing with so much change and under so much stress for the last few years. How might EI be impacting the way that we respond to, feel about, are even able to handle? all of the change that has been inflicted upon us by the world. Yeah. We're, um, it's funny. I just had this conversation uh, a few days ago. Um, every mammal, every living, every living organism is challenged. And really, uh, 
that's how we grow and evolve. It's how we, it's how we face, how we deal with the ch- our challenges that either helps us to, um, to evolve, to become more conscious or actually devolve and we become less conscious. We become more ruled by our ego based fear. So, um, we're facing an increasing number of challenges and um, that's going to continue to accelerate and we need to be able to feel the fear and anxiety that change triggers in us, acknowledge it and be able to move through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve Um, and that really requires the development of our emotional intelligence. So when you say the development, emotional intelligence isn't something that we're necessarily born with and then stays exactly the same through our lives. It's something that we can strengthen, we can invest in, we can improve. Is that is that the case? A- absolutely. Um, emotional intelligence is a very different type of intelligence than, than intellectual intelligence. And let me just uh, kind of give it a little numeric uh, example or a comparison between the two. Uh, think of um, our ability to do intellectual labor or our emotional, our intellectual intelligence uh, as somebody giving us $10,000 a day for 31 days. So at the end of 31 days, you've got $310,000. Think of emotional intelligence as a penny that doubles in value every day. So mm-hmm. day one, you have a penny. Day two, you have two pennies. Day 31, you've got over $10.7 million. Day 40, you've got over $5 billion. Day 50, you've got over $5 trillion. So not, what, um, not everybody has 160 IQ. If you have a high IQ, your parents had a high IQ, their parents had a high IQ, and you simply inherited those genes. But anybody, everybody can develop their emotional intelligence and the the impact on results is massively greater than intellectual intelligence. As a matter of fact, there was a uh, there was a study done at UC Berkeley uh, over 40 years uh, comparing IQ with EQ. And they concluded that that uh, emotional intelligence was 400% more valuable in determining success than intellectual intelligence. That's an amazing statistic. What might we observe either in ourselves or in the people that we work with that could serve as sort of a clue to us that we're dealing with someone that has either a relatively high or relatively low EI? So what might be some of the outward signs that we might watch for to sort of read that in ourselves and other people? Well, let's start out with the lack of emotional intelligence, uh, which unfortunately uh, uh, most organizations, most individuals exhibit. And that shows up as anxiety, fear, anger, the toxicity we see in in most environments um, is a reflection of a a low level of emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence. People with higher levels of emotional intelligence uh, seem to be, they're calmer, they're more focused, they're more in the moment, they're more present, uh, they're better able to listen 
and communicate without judgment or resistance or or attachment outcome. They they seem to be the uh, the people that others go to uh, for leadership for inspiration. So there's a natural there's a, there's a natural attraction to the more emotionally intelligent individuals around us. Is there an assessment? I mean, I know you can go take different types of intelligent assessment tests, but is there a test or, or a process to go through to get an independent assessment of where your emotional intelligence is on some kind of scale? Yeah, there's all sorts of mechanisms um, to kind of assess that. Um, but the greatest mechanism is our own emotional intelligence. Uh, the more emotionally intelligent we are, the easier it is for us to spot it in other people or the lack of it. Now, one of the things I would be remiss in, in not mentioning, and obviously podcast listeners can't see it, but I'm holding a copy of your book, uh, The Servant Warrior Leader, which deals with emotional intelligence in addition to authentic business leadership. Um, but if there are people that are listening in, and certainly I recommend getting a copy of, of the book, what sorts of exercises or training regimen, what are some purposeful, mindful things that we can be doing to strengthen our emotional intelligence, regardless of what our starting point happens to be? Yeah, the um, a very simple um, thing that we can do is simply focus on our breathing. And by focusing on our breathing, it stops us from thinking and brings us into the present moment. And the present moment is is all there is. It's where we can take an action and uh, we lower our walls. We become less resistive, judgmental, and attached to outcome. We become less driven by our ego-based fears. So simply, simply focusing on breathing, uh, the air coming in through our nose and focusing on breathing out through our mouth and just just kind of feel what that feels like that will that will pull us into the present moment that will that will reduce our anxiety it's an interesting connection between the biological and emotional responses that we talked about earlier i mean we all breathe all day largely without thinking about it Although I must say my my Apple Watch is constantly telling me it's time to breathe. So I may need to practice that skill a little bit before I, I start trying to improve or master emotional intelligence. Um, but simply by stopping, like you said, taking that deep breath in through the nose, exhaling yeah. through the mouth, that physical act has, I imagine, a relatively short turnaround impact on our emotional state. Oh, yeah. It has, a, has an immediate impact. Um we're only actually conscious about three to five percent of the time. Uh, the rest of the time, we're relying on our unconscious habits to determine our behavior and our results, and that's that's fine. Um, the so the process of developing emotional intelligence really enables us to be more present, to be more focused on this moment um, and most most of us are trying to get through this moment as quickly as possible 
to try and get to some mystically better future moment. And there really will never be a future moment. Um, there will, there will always, it'll always be just this moment. <clears throat> so by, by focusing on, by becoming more present in this moment, that's when we're going to be most able to take the challenges we face as opportunities for better results. When we're not focused on the present moment, it really makes it a lot easier for our ego-based fears to stop us from moving out of our comfort zone. And we often miss the opportunities that the challenges we're facing present us with. You know, it's interesting because we've talked about the connection between biological and emotional um, and certainly even beyond intelligence, I think most of us can sort of feel our emotional energy level ebb and, and flow during the day. I'm certainly aware of the fact, for instance, that you know, I used to work in a cube, hooray. Um, now I have sort of a, a nice controlled home office um, where even if I'm dealing with frustrating emails, frustrating meetings, high stress situations, I'm still at least in a physical environment that is not draining on my emotional state. There's not unexpected loud noises or an aggravating coworker one or two cubes down. Uh, in the conversations that you have with people, have you noticed any larger trends around how the working from home movement, even if people are only doing it part-time now, is impacting either, and, and this is just my description, impacting their emotional energy level or their ability to exercise and even develop their emotional intelligence? Right, what a great question. And the answer is uh, yes. <laughs> um, the pandemic has given us, uh, a lot of us, the opportunity to leave the office environment, the environments where we were in that were much more toxic and actually draining us of our energy and um, being at home or, or being in remote locations has helped us to become more conscious of that. And many of us are, are refusing to go back into those environments, into those toxic work environments. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a huge problem that uh, needs to get addressed. The current level of employee engagement, according to Gallup worldwide, is somewhere around 13%. Wow. Low levels of employee engagement are costing the U.S. economy alone over a trillion dollars a year. So, and this gets to, there's something called energy physics and how um, those types of environments um, drain us and create uh, cause us to become um, less engaged. We become more resistive, judgmental, and attached to outcome because of the, the drama, chaos, and conflict we experience. Um, so the transition out of the, out of the COVID kind of lockdown is really uh, forcing more and more organizations to change because uh, people simply aren't willing to put up with it any longer. And that's a, that's a, that's a good outcome. That's an emerging outcome from a challenge. 
Yeah. No, that's absolutely a silver lining. And I think a lot of people's lives have been very positively impacted by that either change in balance or, or change in energy. Um, one last question for you on emotional intelligence from a leadership standpoint. Speaking to an employee about their emotions is extremely personal, even if you're seeing the outward effect of those emotions in the workplace. And it's so personal that it could almost be viewed as like a third rail type of topic. If someone is in a leadership or a management position and they become aware that maybe there's an emotional energy issue or emotional intelligence problem, or even an emotional intelligence opportunity with one of their employees, can you recommend any sort of way to start that conversation so that you're not instantly going right to, gee, you're always sad, or boy, you really seem to be sort of on target. The, you know, the positive side is easier to address than the challenges. Uh, but how might we appropriately and safely start a conversation about these dynamics in the workplace genuinely to help everyone? Yeah, another another great question. And the answer is um, you begin the process by asking them what they want. See, people don't do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. They do what they want to do. And so first of all, you have to understand and maybe help them to understand uh, what it is they want. What is it What is it they would like to achieve? Uh, because that really creates the motivation for change. And so when you know that, when they know that, and you can connect that with the development of their emotional intelligence, well, now you've got somebody that's motivated uh, to do the emotional labor that the development of their emotional intelligence requires. So it's um, so you start out by asking the fundamental question, what is it you want? And by the way, that's the question I ask everybody, whether you're running a, a multi-billion dollar company with thousands of employees or a, whatever you're doing, it's always the same question. It's always the same starting point. I bet that's a deceptively hard question to answer. It's it's actually um, it's interesting because as people evolve, as they become more emotionally intelligent, as they become more conscious by going through the process that requires, what they want changes. And often, um, see, there's only two sources of motivation that that will cause people to be willing to leave their comfort zone in the pursuit of better results. Uh, One is pain, the other one is passion. And initially, often what people want in one, one, one form or another is they want to move away from whatever is causing them pain. But as they continue to evolve, what they want changes and they start to want to move towards their passion whatever that whatever that is so the um so what they want um changes as they evolve as they change now you mentioned a moment ago that what do you want is the question that you ask everyone as the conversation starter I have my own question. I ask everyone. This is a tradition here on the sourcing hero, although I do wrap with it instead of starting with it. so Phil, let me give you 
two choices of question. You can answer which either of these you want, and there is no such a thing as a wrong answer. Uh, your choice is between what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if you want to look at it a little bit more broadly, what does heroism look like in a business context? I think both uh, questions are connected. And in both instances, it looks like um, inspirational leadership and emotional intelligence and the wisdom uh, and uh, that, that, that that creates, the inspiration that creates. Excellent. Well, Phil Johnson, executive host, podcast host, podcast guest, and author of The Servant Warrior Leader. Thank you so much for being here with me on the show. Oh, thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.